Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Go There, the podcast about searching for God in a post-truth world. And we are in the final episode of the Dress Code series. I'm here with uh, Mark Brewer and Jamie Cambers today. How are you guys doing? Very good. Good, good. Awesome. So last episode of Dress Code, seven weeks now we've been doing this. And Mark, as you think about this whole series, what would you pick as the highlight, the one thing that stands out for you, maybe your biggest takeaway as you've been digging into this topic? Oh, man. The highlight has definitely been a pile of people in the church giving us feedback saying how good and helpful and Mm -hmm. practical a series like this has been for them. Even just tackling the, the topic of spiritual warfare and just that ongoing reminder that it is a fight and it is a battle, but you can win it and be prepared. Uh, But it's really unlike a series that we've done for quite a while. It's always encouraging as a pastor when what you're speaking on seems to be what your people were needing and wanting and are actually seeing growth happen. Hmm. And you started when you were kind of summarizing the whole thing, you read 2 Timothy 1.7, and you said, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And it's like, who wouldn't want power, love, and self-discipline in their life versus being timid? Uh, but you summarize that as kind of the result of wearing all these things that you've been talking about. So can you elaborate on that whole big picture? Now, it's kind of a wrap-up of the whole thing. How does wearing all these things give me power, love, and self-discipline? Yeah, I think it's easy, even as we were preaching them and studying them, we looked at one at a time. And so for that one week, it was encouraging and helpful to hear about the shoes of peace and how important they can be and how key they are for our journey. But then the next week when we talk about you know, the helmet, we, we all kind of forgot about the shoes. And so... What I really wanted everyone to realize is that you're wearing all of this stuff at the same time. And so when you're decked out with truth and righteousness and faith and salvation and just all of that stuff together, I mean, it seems pretty, pretty powerful and pretty remarkable. And to think that there are so many of us that follow Jesus that walk so insecurely and so quietly and so timidly. Not you shouldn't when you're decked out with all that stuff at once. So I, I kind of wanted us to help us see the whole big picture at once. It's just one of those things where it's still so vital for us today to know what to wear for warfare. Mm-hmm. And I still have clothes hanging on the red hangers we handed out. And Jamie's got his swords. I do. <laughs> yes, thanks. Uh, on big, display. Big shout out to Ryan Cochran for giving me all his uh, his weapons, and yeah. he he had a whole bunch that. I didn't bring in like a mace and a battle axe. Oh, he's got like an armory. There's got to be a battle axe somewhere in the the armor of God. Somewhere, I don't know. So it'd be interesting, Jamie, I don't know what you think of Mark's analogies, but he had a good one here. He read Ephesians 6, 18, which basically the last episode's on prayer. And it says to pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep praying. Then you said, putting on the body armor of God and not praying is like having a brand new car and an empty gas tank. What do you think of his analogy abilities? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Jamie, tell me. How are my analogies? Is my job writing on this? (laughs) Um, It depends. The only thing, not to to avoid the question, because I am trying to avoid the question, 
Um, but uh, how come they didn't give prayer a like a physical yeah, piece of clothing? That's what I tried to make it pants. Oh, the prayer pants. Prayer yes, pants. You did. Right. I don't I mean, know if that's the the Bible says we shouldn't add anything to it. Right. So I felt a little bad about that. But, huh. Well, yeah, it's just. It should be an, at least be an accessory of some sort. You would, yeah. If you cover yeah. yourself in prayer, can it not be like the umbrella? You know, I don't know. That's why I used the analogy. Exactly. Yes. So, it was a great analogy. So how? So <laughs> how is it? How is it a brand new car in an empty gas tank? Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere without it. It would be great to have it, you know, a new car sit in your parking lot, but it's not gonna take you anywhere if it's got no gas. And so Keith Green said, he's a make, I need to make my life a prayer. And so it's, it's a constant thing. It's a constant conversation that's going on in, in everyday battle. And it makes sense. I mean, you can't, yeah. the car can look pretty in the driveway, but if it's got no gas, it's not going to go yeah. anywhere. Yeah. And Mark, do you see it somehow as like cutting, cutting across all the other pieces of armor? Yeah. I, f- I feel like they're all kind of useless without it. Mm. Honestly, how do you have truth if you're not talking with the person who said that he is the truth you know how do you have the peace that surpasses understanding if you're not asking for that peace to be evident in your life so it's almost without prayer the armor of god is really just the armor of you because whatever you're attempting to do you're attempting to do with your own strength your own talent or ability or charisma or whatever it is but Mm. it's not from him could you technically get a little bit of stuff done without it i guess but it's not ever going to be supernatural Mm. which is really what we want mark you talked about being transformed into people that pray and i can imagine everyone has some level of experience praying and most of us you know we get in trouble or we get sick or whatever and people pray and whatnot but you seem to have a particular image in mind as to what does it mean for someone who's transformed into someone who prays. Can you kind of paint that picture for us? What does that person look like? Well, I know for me personally, that transition happened when it used to be I would pray at the allotted times mm-hmm. that were when people prayed. Mm-hmm. So you would pray before a meal. You would pray when you were sick. You would pray at bedtime. You would pray at church or whatever. And, and then you would read these verses that say, you know, pray at all occasions, all the time, be persistent, pray without ceasing. And, and I realized like, that's not remotely my prayer life right now. And so I think it's transitioning into a lifestyle where prayer is just something that you don't wait for a certain time, but it's just kind of happening all the time. So I'm, you know, I'm often praying when I'm driving or when I'm in the shower or when I'm running errands, going through a specific list or even things that I just see kind of happening around me or whatever. But it's, I don't know, for me, that was a transition of, I don't need to wait till an allotted time to pray. It's just talking with God. I can always be doing that. Mm. It's not very scientific, but mm. it's, it's even feeling good about that. Some people are like, I didn't, I didn't pray for a certain amount of time today. I wouldn't even know how long I pray right. every day right? because it's just, you know, chatting with God here and there and everywhere. And yeah. it's, it's, it's who you are after a while. Hmm. It reminds me, your description reminds me of an, it's an old book. You guys probably read it called practicing the presence of God. I forget the guy's name who wrote it. He was a, a monk, but he mm-hmm. was a chef. He worked in a kitchen and he wrote this book about just growing in becoming aware of God's presence at every moment in your life. And so he'd be peeling potatoes and 
engaging with God. And right. it was kind of this ongoing thing, you know, it was, it was really interesting as opposed to a, a set time mm-hmm. you'd set aside. Um, do you guys, can you guys think of someone you've met who stands out for you as a person of prayer? Well, for me, the person who comes to mind is on staff. That's Natalie, uh, Natalie Esty here at the church. She's just got a unique way of seeing things and praying about things. But I love that she she's always got a prayer journal on the go. She'll often look back through that and see what God has had her praying for at specific mm-hmm. times and specific dates. And, you know, turns out in the future on that day, a thing happened or whatever. There's just there's been multiple times when she's showed me her journal from years ago and on a day that I needed it to realize like she had been praying that exact thing at the right time. And mm. I don't know, it's, I've, I've always liked the idea of tracking what you're praying and when it got answered mm. or almost looking back and thinking, Oh yeah, God carried me through 50 things mm. and I completely forgot about them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for Natalie is always, mm. whenever I'm done talking with her, I'm like, ah, I should pray more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jamie? Anybody um, in mind? I don't know why this name came up. We, we call her Noni, uh, but Nora Boyce. And uh, she's just she's just an incredible, she's one of our first impressions people. So she'll be one of the first faces that will come say hello to you if you're new. And she just mm-hmm. knows everybody. She knows who's new. She knows you've never been here before. I'm going to go talk to you. But So I, I love Noni. And she um, she's uh, on many occasions, she's kind of just asked me, like, what, what can I pray for for you for this week and i think sometimes flippantly we'll tell people you know i'm gonna pr- i'll pray for you this week you know mm-hmm. she's just one of those people who comes in my mind where i just i absolutely know that she is and yeah. i know that she is probably cutting out um, a specific amount of time in her day to pray for me specifically or that need specifically or whatever it is and i think i always i just feel like there are some people who you just know when they say i'm praying for you this week Mm. that they really are yeah you can probably see the fruit of that in your life sometimes and Mm. you begin to think i wonder if that's because noni was praying for me or whatever yeah i know for me there's stories i've found out of people who've prayed for certain things for 20 years and Mm. they just don't give up they pray you know Mm. they they pray for a certain person their entire life that just shows me their confidence that god's going to do something um mark you talked about worry and you talked about prayer as an antidote to worry. I love that idea. Obviously, a lot of people have a lot of worries. Can you take us through that concept? Why is prayer the antidote to worry? Yeah, I mean, the verse says it so simply, but it says don't don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Sometimes we think that the opposite of worry would be peace or trust or confidence or whatever that is for Paul to just kind of say like, no, you fix, you fix worry with prayer. There, there's a part of it where sometimes even acknowledging that this thing is in God's hands, mm-hmm. so I don't need to worry about it regardless of the outcome. We're not praying anything new or this crazy new revelation, but it's just that ongoing sense of I'm giving this to God counting on him that he's good and he's for me and he's with me you know and, and jesus even said like can you even add an hour of your life by mm. like i take care of you mm. just like i take care of the birds in the fields certainly i'm going to take care of my children so just trust me just pray to me and it's just a unique take that i hadn't really caught that specifically before mm. until that verse just said don't don't worry pray mm. at what point you 
talked about the Lord's Prayer, and you kind of keyed in on this term, our Father, who is in heaven. A lot of people might have this idea of God as this kind of big, powerful force in the sky, but maybe somewhat impersonal. And you said, he is our Father, which means he's incredibly close. How would that one word, Father, kind of shape our thinking about how we approach God in prayer? You know, I think, first of all, it is a term of love and relationship and endearment that I'm not just asking. You know, when my kids ask me for something, they're asking their dad. Mm-hmm. And there's a relationship there and they love me and trust me. And I mean, hopefully all of those things. <laughs> um, right. And so when we go before God, I think sometimes we're almost not weirded out, but almost like, oh, he's this big distant being who's impersonal and cold. And I just, I'm going to shoot this prayer up and I don't really expect anything to happen. But father is a, as a relational term. And, you know, he even goes on to say, you know what, you know, fathers, they want to give good gifts to their kids, right? Like this is what God wants to do for us. If you asked for bread, why would he give you a rock? Or <laughs> it's just one of those things, right? So it is this idea that you are conversing with someone who is close and who loves you and wants what's good for you and best for you. He's not just some impersonal force in space. He's dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's intimacy, right? Our father is intimate. Mm. The, ser- the next series that we're going to be having, a couple is going to talk about God as personal, intimate friend. And um, this couple will talk about how they, they grew up in um, the Catholic Church where they never quite felt the intimacy mm-hmm. of Christ before and, you know, felt like the, their prayers were, you know, were mediated by someone or something else. Whereas our Father, who is intimate, but is also in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. I have that close relationship. Mm. Yeah, it's a neat point. Let's say I'm somebody who my experience in prayers hasn't been intimate, or maybe I haven't experienced results. I wonder if you'd have maybe a challenge for somebody uh, listening. What would you challenge them to try? Uh, yeah, I think a really helpful thing for a lot of people is to break it down so that it's not so big and vague and daunting. It's like telling someone, you should read more. And you walk into chapters and you see thousands right. of books and you're like, well, what? where do I even start? So you can't just say, yeah, you should pray more. So I, I think it's helpful to say, all right, why don't you list 10 things and pray for those things this week? You know, why don't you pray for 10 new things the week after that? Or, or just break down specifically, mm-hmm. all right, this, this is what we're covering today and tomorrow and whatever and and track that right like write it down i prayed for these things and then a month later uh, you can look back and see how they were answered or if they were or whatever Uh, i think another helpful thing to do is take advantage of your downtime Mm -hmm. so if you are running errands and you're in the car for a while or if you are uh, just whatever it is you're doing cooking supper or whatever uh, instead of necessarily maybe listening to music or whatever you have the TV on, make that prayer time mm. and just say, all right, so I'm going to take this time deliberately and make this prayer and here's the things I'm praying for. But I think it's breaking it down and just making it like, all right, this is a practical thing. I'm going to give myself some boundaries. I'm going to make it simple. And then I think it grows organically from there, really. Mm. I remember I was praying for something and then things would happen right away but I didn't connect them to the prayer 
So they appeared as frustrations, and all of a sudden, when I started writing them down, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe that's the answer, but I didn't, you know, because you pray and you forget, and then you don't connect the things that happen in the next days to come with the fact that you prayed, and then you forget that, hey, you got direction on that. Right. But you didn't realize, you forgot. And yeah. so, so we have we have yeah. all these answered prayers, yeah. and yet we're still left thinking, well, prayer doesn't ever work. Right. <laughs> I bet yeah. if we tracked it better. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of realize that that is the answer, and mm. you just forgot that you yeah. asked even. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Oh, good. Well, thanks so much, Mark, on this whole series. It's been phenomenal. I've really enjoyed it myself, and it's been a great reminder uh, of all the things that are important to wear. So really appreciate your thoughts on it, and I think it's been uh, hugely valuable to everybody. So thank you. Awesome.